This is Wisdom Wednesday, episode number 21. Welcome to The Marriage Show. I'm your host, Jennifer Price, international marriage interventionist and best-selling co-author of Success Breakthroughs. On this show, I provide innovative solutions for marital success by focusing on personal development and relationship transformation. Every week, I'll be talking with thought leaders from around the world and will be providing your weekly dose of wisdom so you can catapult yourselves to marital success and true life fulfillment. I ask you to love one another, encourage and support each other, and live with passion. Are you ready? Here we go. Today we're talking about being married with children. I don't want you to just survive being married with children. I want you to thrive with children. Children are one of the products of your love, but they can easily and quickly become the focus of your entire life. When they're babies, you play the role of father or mother 24-7. Even when you're working, your mind is with them, even if subconsciously. Your whole life becomes diapers, feedings, bath time, reading books, playtime, cleaning up, more cleaning up. And then when all of that is done, you have more cleaning up. And then at the end of the day, when you're exhausted and you're ready to retire, to relax a little bit and maybe even go to sleep, these children, they work their way into your bed because they've already worked their way into your hearts. They have impeccable timing, don't they? They ignore you until you're on the phone or in an important conversation, and then suddenly they need you. They are fast asleep until it's sexy time in the bedroom, and then they conveniently have a nightmare and need you. Your living room, it's full of toys. Your car plays children's music. You know all the Disney characters. Meals are centered around what they like and what they will tolerate. You scream cuss words at the top of your lungs as you step on Legos. You see rubber duckies in the bathtub that used to be your peaceful spa sanctuary. And then you suddenly find your identity centered around these cute and sweet little beings. Just after having a baby, it can be hard for women to even take a shower, much less think about her husband fulfilling his needs or having sex. And then there's jealousy. Wives can become jealous of their partners because they can escape to work every day. And then husbands can become jealous of children and the attention that they get from the mother. Does any of this sound familiar? If you're not careful, your relationship with your life partner, your best friend, will take a back seat to these precious little beings and your connection with your spouse begins to suffer. With a diminishing connection, communication starts to falter. You argue more, you become easily frustrated, you become sensitive to little things, you feel insignificant, you become lonely, and you might even start to question if you're even a good fit together after all. In this stage of young family life, women just want their husbands to not need them at the end of the day because they're so exhausted. They just need them to be okay on their own. 
At the start of marriage, before children, women typically will fall into the arms of her lover at the end of the day. But after having children, women look forward to their husbands coming home, so they have help. <laughs> A new mother will say, oh, it's you, great, can you go change the baby's diaper while I go shower, and would you mind starting dinner if I'm not out in time? Men go from looking forward to returning home at the end of their workday to dreading their homecoming because their wife seems so needy and it's all just overwhelming. Wives can experience what's called husband guilt because they don't have the capacity to pay attention to their husbands like they did before the children came. And they feel guilt leaving their children to go do something for themselves. Just we're talking a little self-care like a massage or a pedicure. So women feel guilt on two fronts. Men feel guilty at the feelings of dread that they experience when it's time to go home at the end of the day, when they know they're going to be walking into a house of chaos. And that dread that they feel, that makes them feel guilty. So both partners feel pulled in many directions. People joke around about men having selective hearing, but I'm here to tell you women do too when they become mothers. Listen up. Women are so in tune with baby sounds and all things baby in the beginning, it's like we're on high alert all the time. Something happens in the brain, and this can very easily and very quickly turn into a very bad habit. And we don't do it on purpose, but we can only handle so much stimuli in one day. So new mothers tend to tune out insignificant things. And unfortunately for men, that means their husband's voice and even conversations sometimes. Now, women deep down don't feel that their husbands are insignificant, and they certainly don't think that what their husband has to say is insignificant. But the reality is, because the human brain can only handle so much stimuli during this time as a new mother, that women really do tune out anything that does not have to do with survival. This is a survival technique. It's a very innate process that occurs. Now, it does go away as the children grow out of the infancy, baby, toddler stage. But for a little while, this is how women are. And men need to know this and be a little more sympathetic with this, I think. But what this does to men is it leaves men feeling insignificant, unwanted, and not needed. But really, this is a biological innate trait in women. I really want you guys to understand that. Husbands and wives have their own daily struggles, and in an ideal world, they should lean on each other for strength and support, but that's very difficult to do when both feel depleted and stressed. Most marriages begin to really suffer when children enter the picture because of all the reasons that I just listed, but this is the time in the relationship when you have to buckle up and work harder than ever before. This is the time to make the most effort to keep your connection strong. With a little effort up front, you cannot just survive being married with children, but you can actually thrive. Your relationship isn't the only thing that will benefit from your effort. Your children will actually be happier. They'll be more secure, healthier. They will display better behavior both now and in the long term. And they will grow up with more self-confidence and a healthy self-worth. I'm going to list the main components necessary to thrive while being married with children. And then I'm going to break each one down. All right, so the necessary components, real quick, I'm just going to list them are, number one, maintain your connection. And in a minute, I'll tell you how. Number two, 
practice self-care. Number three, have a social life. Number four, exercise daily. Number five, maintain healthy nutrition. Number six, get quality sleep. Seven, learn how to fight right. Now, when I say fight right, I don't necessarily mean that you're you're definitely going to be getting into fights. Some couples simply don't fight because their conflict resolution skills are so very well honed that they never even reach the point where they actually have a fight. So either place that you're in, if you are prone to having fights often, or if you never fight, but you do have a little bit of conflict, really, I guess what I should say is that you need to learn how to handle conflict resolution. You need to have those skills well-developed. So that's number seven, learn how to fight right, learn how to handle conflict resolution successfully. Number eight, maintain sexual intimacy. And last, number nine, run your home with order, with discipline, and with routine. All right, let's dive in into each one and we're going to start with maintaining connection. To maintain your connection, you're going to want to spend 20 to 30 minutes of uninterrupted time together every single day. If you're too tired at the end of the day, if you find yourself saying, oh, I just can't do it. I'm too tired at the end of the day. I've got to go to bed. Then set your alarm clock for 20 minutes early the next morning and spend 20 to 30 minutes together before your baby or before your children wake up. You can have coffee together, tea together, exercise, just lay in bed talking, pillow talk, but make sure you spend 20 to 30 minutes of uninterrupted time together every day. That means no children, No telephones out, no computers, no television, no distractions of any kind, really. It's super, super crucial to make time alone together every single day. Next tip to maintain your connection is to give each other a warm greeting every single time you see each other. Now, if you're just going into separate parts of the house and you come back 15 or 20 minutes later, obviously you don't need, this is not what I'm talking about. Although if you want to hug every single time and greet each other, it's only going to enhance your relationship. But what I'm really talking about is if you go to the gym, if you go to work, if you're out for several hours, when you do come back together, whether it's in the home or if it's out in public, you want to greet each other with a very warm, beautiful hello a hug, a kiss, whatever is specific to you and your relationship and what you both like, but make sure you make eye contact, make sure you give each other a very beautiful, warm smile, and make sure you show each other a little bit of love, all right? Next tip for maintaining connection is to have regular date nights. Sometimes you're gonna wanna be alone, sometimes you're gonna be with other couples for other stimulation and variety, but make sure you set aside time for date nights. I recommend once a week if your schedules will allow it, you know, provided that one or both people aren't working night shift and one day shift, whatever. But if it's just a matter of having children, even if you're nursing, set aside 30 minutes to an hour, go outside, you know, have a babysitter, but schedule a date night. Even if you're only going to go to a restaurant that's two blocks away and you're only going to be gone one hour, make sure you fit in a date night. Next little tip is to have weekends away. Do this at least twice a year. All right. The next little tip to maintain your connection is to celebrate things. The biggest thing you want to celebrate, obviously, is your anniversary. You want to do this without your children. But you also want to celebrate other special occasions like birthdays, job promotions, anything that you either of you consider a win in life you want to celebrate. You want to celebrate every opportunity you can to celebrate your love, your friendship together, your lives together. Just celebrate because that's really what life is all about, right? Is loving each other, supporting and encouraging each other and celebrating this beautiful life that you're creating together. 
Next tip for maintaining connection is to resist the urge to become too busy. This goes for yourselves, but also for your children. If you have three children and they're all involved in three different sports at three different times, your marriage is going to suffer. Sometimes you have to give each child one season. This child gets to pick what they want to play the sports in the fall, and the other child gets to pick what sport they want to play in the spring, and the other gets the summer. You can't do everything all the time. Sometimes you do have to say no to your children to put your marriage first. You really want to resist the urge to become too busy so that you have quality time together as a couple, but then also as a family as a whole. You don't want to be running around all the time. Hope that makes sense. And then last, you want to have what I call a family night once a week. Now, it could be a family day, like all day Sunday and Sunday night. Even better if you can dedicate an entire day to just family time. But if you can't dedicate an entire day like all day Saturday or all day Sunday, then definitely make a family night. And if you can, pick the same exact night every single week, like every Friday night or every Sunday night. But make sure you designate one night a week have that family night. Everyone in the family knows that it's family night, so they cannot schedule anything else. They can't do anything. They can't invite people over. That is designated family time. This really will build your connection and maintain the closeness between the two of you as a couple, but then also as a family. Now, if you have a religious affiliation and you pray, be sure to pray alone as a couple without your children. Yes, you want to pray with your children as a family, but you really want to have time together alone as husband and wife to pray. Because obviously some things that are prayed about do not need to fall on innocent ears. Plus, praying alone will deepen and strengthen your connection. All right. Now, next up, number two is we're talking about is self-care. All right. Self-care is super, super important in marriage, but especially after children enter your lives. You cannot take care of others if you're not taking care of yourself. You are more than just a parent or a spouse. So allow yourself to take a break from parenting and exercise a little me time and allow it to be guilt-free. When you are refreshed, you are a better parent and a better spouse. Your children will be happier and your spouse will be happier because you are happy right? So daily exercise, quality sleep, proper nutrition, those are all obvious parts of self-care. We'll talk about some of those in a minute, but there are a few other practices that I wanted to recommend to you to take care of you. So go get that massage. It's not just relaxing and pleasurable. It's detoxifying. There's so many health benefits to the body. It could be lunch with a friend, drinks with a friend after work. Just make sure you carve out some some me time. One way to practice self-care is having friend time. You must have time with your friends away from your children. Now, it can be a woman with her girlfriends, it can be a guy with his buddies, or it can be couples with other couples, but you really do want to schedule friend time away from your children. And then at times, you want to have friend time away from your spouse, girls with girls and guys with their buddies. It could be something as quick as having coffee or half a game of golf or time at the spa or a lunch date, but friend time is crucial. The next tip is maintaining quality sleep. That's a beautiful self-care practice. It's crucial for maintaining a happy and successful marriage with children. Have a family member come over once a week, or you can hire someone to help with your children one night a week so that you are guaranteed at least one night 
of sound sleep. I know this might sound crazy, but there actually are businesses where you can hire people to come into your home. Even if you have a newborn, it's sometimes beneficial to have that person there because they can stay in the room with your child, with your new baby. They can be listening and, and you can just sleep soundly knowing that someone's listening for your baby. And when your baby wakes up, even if you're nursing, it's time to nurse. They can bring the baby to you in bed. You can nurse your baby. They can take the baby back and put them to sleep after you finish nursing. That way you get better sleep. If you can afford to do this for the first two months of life, it's going to make that transition so much easier. But if you can't, do it once a week, have a family member or a friend come over, but really make quality sleep a priority. Next tip is meditation. This is another wonderful self-care practice. It does wonders for every area of your health and it will help keep you sane. Just 20 minutes a day before your children wake up or just before you go to sleep can make a huge, huge difference in your life. You can even meditate while you're breastfeeding. So there's no excuses not to meditate. And one quick little fun fact, 20 minutes of meditation is the equivalent of four hours of sound sleep. That's how crucial meditation is and how important it can be, especially for new mothers. The next and last practice I really wanted to talk about was massage. I mentioned that just a minute ago, but this is one of my favorite forms of self-care. So obviously I highly recommend it. It helps relax the muscles that can get tight from carrying a heavy baby or a toddler. It also helps Believe it or not, it helps aid in breastfeeding and it helps you sleep better. All important things for new parents, right? And then obviously it's just plain enjoyable. These are just a few examples of self-care. The options obviously are going to be endless. Just find what works for you. The next element that I want to recommend for thriving with children is having a social life. This is number three. Maintain your social life outside of your own date nights with each other. Do things with other couples. Do things with family members and friends. If you're not really sure about hiring a babysitter, if you can't afford it, or you're having difficulty finding a babysitter that you trust, take turns with other families hosting dinner parties while the children play. So you could have a neighborhood barbecue or uh, do picnics. You can do in-home dinners. Anything where you socialize with other like-minded couples and families, and then the children can be in the other room playing games together. All right. Number four for learning how to thrive with children is daily exercise. This is a must, not just for your physical health, but actually for your emotional health and the health of your marriage. Our vision and our mindset are the most important priorities that we have when it comes to our health. Some people see exercise as fun and easy and others see it as hard and excruciating. Why is there such a drastic difference? It all comes down to mindset or your belief regarding exercise. If you don't have time for organized exercise, like going to the gym, going to a yoga class, create an at-home routine. They can be just as effective for some people. If you're the type of person where you need to be in a class because you're stimulated and held accountable by others, then by all means, go to the gym, go to a yoga class. But if you can do it at home, that's just great too. But just make time daily to stretch and strengthen your body. And then for cardio, at the very least, you want to take a 15-minute walk every day. Fresh air, it oxygenates your body on a cellular level. It calms your mind and it promotes healthier circulation. 
If you're not sold on the benefits of exercise, I'm going to list just a few things for you to learn here. Number one, it keeps you young and more flexible. It boosts your confidence. It reduces stress, anxiety, and depression. It boosts creativity. It improves sleep. It gives you more energy. It boosts immune system. It improves sex life. It helps eliminate cravings. You start to eat better. You have better mental focus. And you release endorphins. And endorphins are what make you happy. One of the things that makes you happy. All right? So to make exercise easier and more pleasant for those of you who detest exercise or those of you who are resistant to it, here's a few tricks that you can do to make exercise better, especially in the beginning. Number one, keep your eye on the prize. So instead of concentrating on the immediate pain or the immediate inconvenience of exercising and working out, focus on what your health is going to be like in three months, six months, 12 months down the road. Find something that you think is fun and that you enjoy, right? Also, work out with friends, like a group exercise. That can be really, really great to help make it a little bit more fun. Also, exercise from a place of love for yourself and your body. You don't want to exercise out of shame or disgust of extra weight or extra pounds. You don't want to exercise from a place of fear, like fear of getting cancer or fear of diabetes or fear of illness of any sort or even fear of weight gain. You really want to exercise from a place of love for yourself and your body. And then the last little tip for exercise to make it more fun is to use music because it can be a powerfully motivator and it can help with your stamina. All right. Number five on the list of learning how to thrive with children is to maintain healthy nutrition. If you're like most parents, especially those of you with young children and babies, you're probably tired, sleep deprived, and undernourished. If your diet isn't on point, then you may not have the energy that you want. If you eat sugar, you're going to experience blood sugar spikes and crashes, which also contribute to exhaustion. So avoid sugar like it's the plague if you want to boost your energy. Have protein for breakfast and have a large healthy lunch and then have a smaller dinner and make sure you eat your dinner at least three hours before you go to bed. This is going to increase your energy levels and help you sleep better. If you are a breastfeeding mom, you want to increase your caloric intake to not only sustain your milk supply, but your energy as well. Also, drink at least a gallon of water a day to stay hydrated and to ward off low energy to ward off headaches and toxicity, all right? For everyone listening, lots of fresh fruit and veggies provide steady energy throughout the day. Keep healthy snacks in your fridge so that when you're in a hurry, you have something that you can grab and run off with so that you don't make bad decisions and grab potato chips or, or whatever other processed foods that are quick and easy, right? You don't wanna be eating unhealthy things that suck your energy from you. So make sure you have lots of very healthy options available for that quick on the run snack. Number six for thriving with children is quality sleep. I've talked about this briefly, but I want to hone in on this one more time because it's so important. Again, hire someone, have a family member come in once a week, do what you need to do. But without quality sleep, your relationship is going to suffer. Your parenting will suffer. Your children will suffer. And your work performance will suffer. So if you have to, hire someone to help keep you sane and healthy and to keep your marriage stronger. Quality sleep is going to make you happy. And when you're happy, everybody else in your family is going to be happy too because it's contagious. 
Number seven is learn how to fight right, or, you know, we're also calling it conflict resolution. So you really don't want to fight. Fighting isn't healthy. It's really not even natural. A lot of people say, oh, fighting is natural. It's part of life. It's part of marriage. Fighting is not healthy. It's not normal. But people do it when they don't have good and successful conflict resolution skills. And these skills are things that you must learn. This is something that I teach in the marriage program that my clients go through. You can just Google conflict resolution, learn things online too, but you really need to learn the right skills here. I have an entire podcast episode dedicated to this very subject. So if you're interested in diving in in depth and learning more about that, please search for that episode. You can get all the details there. But to sum it up quickly, understand that all couples have conflict, but few know how to successfully resolve conflict. Learning successful conflict resolution is crucial for a healthy marriage, but especially one with young children. With some tried and true conflict resolution skills, you and your spouse will be able to work through your past and your current conflicts and gain the necessary tools for successful conflict resolution. This is a must, guys. If this is not an area that you have studied and practiced and gotten good at, shoot me an email. Let's get you in this course and learn how, but that's crucial. All right. Number eight is maintaining your sexual intimacy. Now, when children are young, parents are often exhausted, but it's important to maintain your sexual relationship during this time anyway. Women experience hormonal shifts after having a baby, and libido can be at an all-time low. I probably don't have to tell you this. You've at the very least experienced it. If not, you've heard about it, right? But for many men, witnessing the birth of their children can foster deep feelings of love for their wives, so their needs for sex can actually be at an all-time high because this is one beautiful way they like to connect with their wife and express their love, right? So what's important during this time is to clearly communicate your needs and desires to each other. You have to have this conversation. Ask for exactly what you want and exactly what you need from your partner. This helps many people, especially women, to be more open to intimacy during this time. Now, you don't want to have these conversations when you are wanting to be intimate or after you've started kissing and things are heating up. This is not the time to discuss this. Talking about your needs and your desires is something that should be done when you know it's not going to lead to sexual intimacy right away. You really want to designate almost like a meeting to be able to sit down and talk about this. When children are young, couples often find that sexual spontaneity decreases and sometimes even disappears. If this is you, intentionally set aside time for intimacy, even if you have to schedule it on your calendar. I know that might sound silly and it might sound crazy and not romantic at all, but if you've ever been a parent, I think you can understand why I'm saying this. You have to understand that planned sex is better than no sex. Plus, it gives you something to look forward to if you know Friday night is is date night and and it's going to be a fun time where you come together for sexual intimacy. So it gives you something to look forward to as well. Now, mothers of babies like young babies, infants up to six months, even a a year old, they often don't feel sexy because their body has changed. Their breasts are basically milk machines if if they're nursing. 
and women often smell of baby spit up all day long. <laughs> so if you're a man listening, and then for all you women listening too, allow time at the spa to get your nails done or to get a massage. And I know this also sounds crazy too, but allow shower time. So for everyone listening, if you can grant this new mother an hour to just go into the bathroom and take a shower or take a nice long hot bath so she'll feel better about herself and her body, that can go a really long way. If you really wanna go over the top, understand that a gift certificate to a spa for a massage or any type of body work that she likes, that's also going to go a long way, all right? Other things you can do at home, just take a hot bath, take a steam shower. These can really help. Find some decadent body scrubs and oil your body as you step out of the shower for skin hydration. If this is something you've never tried before, give it a try because it will help more than you know, all right? The last tip I have for maintaining sexual intimacy is to kiss at least once a day for a few minutes straight, uninterrupted. Even if this is the first thing you do in the morning or the last thing you do before you go to sleep. Especially in the beginning for women, this will really help with the hormonal levels. Studies show that it actually can help balance out hormonal levels and make her a little more eager and a little more happy to have sex sooner. So make sure you kiss several times a day, but at least once a day where you kiss for several minutes. What happens, it's really, it's really fascinating, but it helps maintain connection together because when you kiss for several minutes, it releases oxytocin in the brain, and that's the love hormone. And it slowly helps to build the arousal for each other again. So have a nice, beautiful, long kiss at least once a day. If you can do it two or three times a day, even better. All right, let's move on to number nine, and that is you want to run your home with order, with discipline, and with routine. Have structure to your daily routine. This is absolutely crucial for adults and for babies and children. Children, but also most adults, thrive, meaning they're happy and healthy, when they maintain a fairly strict schedule, a daily schedule. That means wake up at the same time every day, have the same morning routine, figure out whatever morning routine works for you. You really want it to be as relaxed as possible, but it can end in and involve exercise, but you want to have a morning routine. You want to eat meals at the same time every day. You want to have a nightly routine and you want to go to bed at approximately the same time every night. Having this type of routine and following it fairly strictly allows for a more peaceful home environment because children know what's expected of them and when. They aren't left guessing what's going on and it teaches the important rule in life of having self-discipline, self-control, and responsibility. Also, consider hiring someone for help. Bring someone in, hire someone to clean your home because that's gonna free you up to spend time where you would like to spend time, right? Grocery delivery is another beautiful time saver. With Amazon Prime, you can enjoy the benefit of grocery shopping online with free to your door delivery in most cities. I use this often. I actually love to go into Whole Foods and go grocery shopping. However, I am very busy with my work schedule. And so now at this point, I really save grocery shopping for weekends when it's more of a fun outing for myself. But as far as just getting nutrition, I actually have free uh, Amazon Prime delivery to my, to my door 
I do that several times a week. It is a massive time saver. It's really, really great. So look into that if you haven't already. I have a couple of tips for parents of babies, little babies, infants, you know, up to a year. If that's you, I'm sure you've heard this before, nap while your baby naps. It's so tempting. I'm a mother, I have a 22-year-old son, and I remember it is so tempting when your baby goes down for a nap. It's so tempting to do fun things around the house that you haven't had a chance to do, to even get laundry done or to do meal prepping or cleaning of some sort or to just sit back and read and do something relaxing. But really, when you have young babies, this is the time where if you need to, if you're struggling with energy, just go ahead and nap. You can cart your baby around when you're doing laundry and, and different things. But if you can't sleep during the day, if you're just not a person who can sleep or take a nap, then lay down and meditate. Do breathing exercises or read to give your body some physical rest. This will greatly decrease exhaustion and you'll feel refreshed for the rest of the day. Consider and I know there's a lot of controversy here, but consider co-sleeping during your nursing phase. You can just roll over, nurse. The mother can at least nurse uh, asleep while the baby is nursing. So you can at least get a, a quick 15-minute nap in before it's time to, to switch over to the other breast for breastfeeding. But you might want to consider co-sleeping just during the nursing phase. All right? Now, last thing I want to talk to you about, and this is huge, is gratitude. You want to spend a few minutes every single day in gratitude for every blessing in your life, including your spouse. Show gratitude to each other and point out the things that you appreciate about each other. This will foster connection, better communication, more peace, encouragement, and support. When parents focus so much on their children, they tend to feel less significant to their partner. So practicing gratitude every single day for your partner and telling them every day what you're grateful for and switch it up. Have different things that you're grateful for every single day. So you're not saying the exact same thing day after day after day. It can be something big. It can be something small, but every day tell your partner why you're grateful for them. All right. Now this wraps up today's episode. If you need help thriving while you're married with children, if you're overwhelmed, if you don't know where to start, please set up a consult with me. You can do so by going to www.jenniferprice.com forward slash apply. Thanks for tuning in to The Marriage Show. I appreciate the time that you've spent with me today. If you love the show as much as I love making it, please subscribe, rate, and leave me a five-star review because that allows us to inspire even more people together. It will spread like wildfire, and that's what we want. You know, I'm on a mission to help millions of marriages worldwide, so help me, help me. You know, let's partner up and do this together. If there's somebody in your life that would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. You can text it to them, screenshot it, email them the link, do whatever, just get it to them. Let's change lives together. Let's spread the love. And don't forget to find me on social media and tell me what subject you would like me to discuss here on the show. I don't get recommendations very often. So when I do, I take them seriously and I'm very excited to hear from you. So head over to Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. I really would love to hear your suggestion. If you want to check the show notes from today's episode, you can find them at www.themarriageshow.com. And you can also listen to all of my other episodes there as well. Until next time, love one another. Mm-hmm.